Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Tuesday, friends have seemingly now become foes. As prosecutors say they'll use testimony from FTX founder Sam Bankman Fried's trusted inner circle of former executives and a collapsed cryptocurrency empire against him at his trial in October. Uh, we'll have the latest details. The judge in the former president's Manhattan hush money criminal case has now rejected his demand to step aside. The New York Yankees are just in a staggering slump. Max Freed allowed two runs in his first home start coming off the injured list. Nicky Lopez drove in three runs with three hits and a fill-in spot. And the Braves clobbered the Yankees. And speaking of the former president, him and 18 allies have been indicted down in Georgia over efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state. This is the update. Tuesday, August the 15th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update of Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Tuesday. We are getting ever so closer to camp time. You know, it always feels like when you're in the middle of uh, vacation time, the time just seems to start speeding up on you. That's what it really feels like. Uh, for me. Whenever, you know, I get a break, it seems like the vacation time just seems to, you know, start speeding up on you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, camp is coming up. I'm not sure if I could consider it a vacation, what I should consider it work, because it's pretty much the same. <laughs> Mercy. Uh, but, you know, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have fun with it. Uh, we're going to have fun with it. Nonetheless, I can, uh, I can. Get <laughs> I think I can guarantee that we're gonna have uh, a lot of fun. We're gonna have uh, family, family fun day, as I, uh, <laughs> you know, as I so famously, uh, as I so famously like to call it. Of course, uh, I'm Brandon Julian. Of course, though, in the meantime, we appreciate you uh, so much for being here, folks. Of course, wherever you may be, and however, of course, you personally may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Tuesday with Sam Bankman-Fried. You may remember him. He's the one with the uh, the failed cryptocurrency empire. Of course, people remember that. <laughs> Prosecutors say that they're going to use the testimony from his trusted inner circle of former executives in his collapsed empire at his October trial. Prosecutors made the assertion uh, yesterday in papers filed in Manhattan Federal Court. The 31-year-old California man who promoted himself, of course, as a 
crypto visionary. Before his businesses entered bankruptcy proceedings last fall, is beginning his first full week in jail after a judge said that he appeared to break the law uh, by trying to tampering with witnesses that were likely to testify against him. He's pleaded not guilty to the charges that he diverted investor money illegally. Now, on to some of the other news of this Tuesday. And uh, CBS, they've appointed Wendy McMahon, no relation, of course, to Vince McMahon, to a, top, to a new top role supervising CBS News, its local stations, and syndicated programming. Uh, for the past two years, of course, McMahon has served as co-head of CBS News and stations with Niraj Kalamani. Uh, he announced on Sunday that he was taking a production deal with the network. One of McMahon's first steps uh, yesterday was to appoint 30-year CBS veteran Ingrid Caprian Matthews to lead the storied network news division. That appointment means that women are in the top executive role at the biggest uh, news divisions in all four, CBS, ABC, NBC, uh, Fox News, and MSNBC. CNN, of course, they are still looking for another news leader. Uh, speaking of CNN and other news, they're making dramatic changes to their lineup with new roles for Abby Phillip, Laura Coates, and news veterans Christiane Amanpour and Chris Wallace. Phillips and Coates will host back-to-back weeknight shows starting at 10 o'clock in the p.m. hours. They joined Aaron Burnett and Caitlin Collins to give CNN a weeknight lineup hosted entirely by women, with the exception, of course, of Anderson Cooper at 8 o'clock. Amon Poor, who has hosted a show on CNN International, but hasn't been seen much on the domestic network, will host a new Saturday morning show. Uh, Wallace, uh, formerly of Fox News, of course, will host a live news topical hour, also on Saturdays. And finally, a 24-year-old triple threat who toured in Hairspray competed on American Idol and came to the attention of the casting agents with her TikTok videos has landed the plum role of Dorothy in the Broadway in the Broadway uh, national touring show this fall. Excuse me, the Broadway-bound production, there we go, of The Wiz. Uh, Nichelle Lewis will star in the national touring show this fall and then make her Broadway debut next year as the show's is uh, heel-clicking heroine, following in the footsteps of such icons such as Stephanie Mills and Diana Ross. The Wiz tours the U.S. starting this fall and lands on Broadway next year. Lewis joins a cast that includes Wayne Brady, Deborah Cox, Kyle L- Ramar Freeman, Philip Johnson Richardson, and Avery Wilson. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Tuesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and talk about how the New York Yankees are just in an admiring, stunning uh, slump. It all started, well, it's, it's been started for a while, actually. 
but it might have reached its apex when they blew a seven-run lead in Miami on Sunday, and now they're in Atlanta, and they got trounced by, of course, the division-leading Atlanta Braves. This week, of course, we're talking about my memories of sleepaway camp over the years. We prepare for this one. So that'll be fun. (laughs) And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Atlanta, the former president and 18 allies, of course, have been indicted in Georgia over the efforts to overturn the 2020 election loss in the state. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. It's pretty usual when the update of Brandy Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, why would you go anywhere else? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F-trains are running the E-line in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue 63rd Street and 21st Street Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street Queensbridge and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. 
Beginning at 5 a.m. on Monday, July 31st, through 5 a.m. on Monday, August 14th, Manhattan-bound 7 N and W trains will bypass Queensboro Plaza because of accessibility improvements. For nearby service, use the E, M, and R trains at Queens Plaza, which is an accessible station. Beginning Monday, July 31st at 4.45 a.m. through Monday, August 28th at 5 a.m., there will be no D-train service at Norwood 205th Street because of structural repairs. D-trains will run between Coney Island and Bedford Park Boulevard at all times. Customers can transfer at Bedford Park Boulevard to a free shuttle bus for service to 205th Street. Rush Hour Express service will be suspended. Trains will run local in both directions. There will be no B rush hour service in the Bronx. B trains will run between Brighton Beach and 145th Street. Customers are advised to take a D train for service to the Bronx. Beginning June 26th at 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, Southern Express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Sunday, February 26th at 5 a.m. until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility and station improvements. Skip-stop service will not be running on the Z train. All trains will make local stops. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, L, F, and M trains is closed at 14th Street, 6th Avenue because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. 
Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So here's the deal, folks. I know if you look at it right now, the Mets season is dead in the water. Just about done. Finished. Finito. I, I think that's how you say finished in Spanish. I barely, <laughs> I barely remember my Spanish from high school. I feel like I should apologize to my Spanish teacher, Rick, for forgetting all that. <laughs> but, uh, but I was poking my head around on... X. Yes, that's the new name for Twitter now, X, in case you're not familiar. And the Mets technically have a chance in September, if, you know, if all the teams just lose. (laughs) But it's still a chance uh, nonetheless, I should say. Anyway, Mets and uh, the Pirates uh, going at it at City Field, start of a three-game set, after the Braves literally committed a crime. Over the weekend, if this was an actual case, the, the Braves would have been charged with assault or something similar to that. Uh, Francisco Lindor became the first Met to have 20 homers and have 20 steals for the first time since Carlos Beltran back in 2008 as the Mets beat the Pirates 7-2 to win consecutive games for the first time in two weeks. Jonathan Aruz had a two-run homer and Daniel Vogelback, Brandon Nimmo each hit solo shots as the Mets scored in each of the first six innings in a home game for the first time since June 25th back in 1987 against the Cubs. Pete Alonso had an RBI double as the Mets won consecutive games for the July, right before they traded Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, and several others, of course, ahead of the trading deadline. Uh, it's... Oops. Oops, sorry, mercy. Um, Yankees, there we go. Uh, Yankees and the Braves uh, playing down at uh, Trust Field down in Atlanta. And uh, I tell you, uh, the Yankees have had a real rough time of it lately. Uh, their, their essential end of their season seemed to have started when they blew a 7-1 lead against the Marlins in Miami on Sunday. Anyway, down in Atlanta, Max Freed, he allowed two runs in his first home start since coming off the injured list. Nicky Lopez drove in three hits, drove in three runs with three hits in the fill-in spot, and the Braves absolutely clobbered the Yanks 11-3. Addy Rosario drove in four with three hits, including a two-run homer in the Braves' 15-hit attack. The Yankees, dead last in the ALEs, were handed their third consecutive loss. They hadn't missed the playoffs the Yankees have since 2016. They began, before the game, five games back of the last wildcard spot in the American League. And this is going to look awfully weird for Derek Jeter. 
because he's going to attend Old Timer's Day for the first time since his retirement. When the Yankees honored the 25th anniversary of their 1998 World Series team on September 9th, Jeter, who was a tender age of 49, won five World Series titles with the Yanks, of course, from 1995 to 2014, and his number two was retired in 2017. He was voted to the Hall of Fame in 2020. He served four and a half years as president of the Marlins before quitting last February. He attended last December's news conference when Aaron Judge was appointed as his successor as Yankee captain. Hopefully things will go good for him. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Tuesday, we're looking back at my memories of sleepaway camp over the years. Some of them have been good. Some of them have been less memorable than this. <laughs> this uh, Today, we're talking about 2015, uh, my graduating class year. I'll see what I remember from that. <laughs> and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. On the island of Hawaii, the governor there is warning that scores more people could be found dead following the wildfires. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about this. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. <laughs> well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And on the select periods, too. Uh, my producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you, digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of the update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of the update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this soundbite declaring that we're having a big party. <laughs> So every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. <laughs> Now, the update of Brain and Joy, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. From New York, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your husband is? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. 
My grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow on his tracks. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. I've learned a lot on this journey with my grandpa Lou, and the memories of my grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough, but if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. Encourage them to see a doctor or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian, Bajan Common Sense, Bajan Common Sense, does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Tuesday, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. As I've been saying, this is the road to camp week, as I've been unofficially dubbing it. So with camp this week, I'm looking back at my memories, or at least what I remember, <laughs> of uh, past years gone by of uh, sleepaway camp. Uh, yesterday, of course, we talked about 2014, the last year that uh, we went to uh, Camp Lennox. Uh, as I said on yesterday's program, Lennox was the camp that it was rumored time and time again you could not have a good uh, you cannot have a good year of camp. Not year. <laughs> it was rumored you could not have a good summer unless you went to Camp Lennox. And I was lucky to go there in the last year that we were at Camp Lennox. Uh, 2015 was, well, this year I'm talking about today, 2015 was my graduating year. Because um, you see, in Urban Dove, you work hard for four years in your years of high school. You do the various stuff. You do working in the after-school program, high-rises, going... Uh, working on Saturdays, what it was, SAT prep, college all-stars. And then when you graduate, you get a black hoodie, which is something that um, the people I worked with this summer, they're going to get theirs when we go to um, Camp Mackinac uh, on Sunday. I'm pretty sure I will keep pronouncing Mackinac wrong. Mackinac. Manacnac. Manacadac. Mapool pork. Silly, <laughs> silly cat. But yes, my class, the graduating class of 2015, was a very treasured, very treasured group of people. I'm pretty sure the people at UD have the actual graduating uh, picture somewhere. But uh, I was very glad to graduate with that group because I worked with them for uh, the longest period of time. And to be actually graduating with them, to actually have people make speeches about the graduating class or you specifically if they have a you know a memory of you 
that was a, that's very special and endearing, and that's not something that you get to see every day. Uh, 2015 was also the first year that we moved from Lenox to Camp Watito, which was the camp that we had used until, if my memory serves me correct, up until COVID. So, um, <laughs> uh, lots of people, as far as I remember, were not happy uh, about switching from Lenox to Watito because, you know, Lenox, from, uh, from what I had heard, was a very storied tradition, and you didn't mess with tradition in Urban Dove, not that much. But, you know, eventually, over the years, people grew to the place. And uh, as I'll talk about later on this week, we switched from Watito to Mackinac, which is where we were at last summer. And uh, <laughs> people didn't exactly like that very much either. Uh, on tomorrow's program, I'm going to be talking about uh, 2018. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to talk about the alumni weekends that I only got invited to, 2016, 2017. Actually, hold on, I'm trying to think. Now. Was I, did I do anything in 2016? Oh yeah, I was invited back to work in 2016, uh, one year after my departure. And, uh, well, that was a lot of fun, too, in the summer. It was also my first year at Kingsborough. But the next full week that I actually have actual uh, remembrance of <laughs> will be 2018. Uh, 2018, as I'll talk about more tomorrow, uh, I was working under the uh, tutelage of, uh, my, of Shatik and Ashley. Ashley Smith... Really, and I can say her name because I've known Ashley for a number of years, ever since my days of high school. Like, Ashley is really the do-everything, stop-everyone, under underappreciated um, assistant. Well, she was at the time. And it's nice to see that her work is really starting to stand out now, but I will dive into more detail on that tomorrow. Uh, one thing you don't have to wait much detail on for is national news, because that's next for us around here, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian continues. From New York, rated MA for language, violence, and sexual activity. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org slash caregiving. That's aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
from New York, built on the site of an ancient mafia burial ground. This is the update with Brad and Juliet, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update, Brian and Julian, on a Tuesday, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us as we continue, of course, the road to Camp Mackinac 2023. Uh, this camp week is going to be, it's going to be very interesting, uh, to say the least. <laughs> uh, let us talk together right now, though, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin down in Atlanta, where the former president and 18 allies have been indicted in Georgia over efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state. The criminal case announced yesterday is the fourth brought against the former president and the second just this month alone to allege that he tried to subvert the results of the vote. The indictment details dozens of acts by Trump and his allies to undo his defeat in the battleground state. Other defendants include the former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, uh, his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and a Trump administration Justice Department official, Jeffrey Clark, who advanced his efforts to undo his election loss in Georgia. In other news, we're going to go over to the island of Hawaii and talk about the wildfires that have been happening there. The governor there is warning that scores more people could be found dead following the wildfires in Maui. His statement comes as search crews are going street by street through the neighborhoods where the flames galloped as fast as a mile a minute across the island. The blaze has consumed most of the historic town of Lahiana and are already the deadliest in this country in more than a century. The death toll currently stands at 96. Governor Josh Green said that 10 to 20 people might be found each day for the next several days. Authorities say two fires have not yet been completely contained. As the wildfire approached, we're learning about the tales of survival. The residents of La Hiana, they had moments to make decisions that would determine, of course, whether they lived or whether they died. It became a harrowing, narrow window of time and one of the most lethal natural disasters that the country has seen in years. There were no sirens and no one to tell anybody what to do. Residents were on their own to choose whether to stay or whether to run. Some survived just out of sheer luck. They fled in cars or on foot or heard from neighbors and people fleeing nearby which direction was safe. Some helped people over the seawall that separates the town from the ocean. Almost a hundred deaths, as we mentioned, have been confirmed and more are expected. Well, those who lived are haunted by what they actually endured. And up north in Helena, Montana, young environmental activists, they scored a groundbreaking legal victory when a judge 
said that state agencies were violating their constitutional right to a clean environment by allowing fossil fuel development without considering its effects on climate change. The ruling yesterday following a first-of-its-kind trial in this country adds to a small number of legal decisions around the world that have established a government duty to protect citizens from climate change. District Court Judge Kathy Seeley said that the policy that the state uses in evaluating requests for fossil fuel permits is unconstitutional because it does not allow agencies to evaluate greenhouse gas emissions. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brain of Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Tuesday, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to head down to Brandon. Hey, that's my name. <laughs> down to Brandon in Mississippi. Six white former law officers who tortured two black men have now pleaded guilty to state-level charges. Uh, one of the officers shot the victims in the mouth during the racist assault, and then they covered it up for months. All six already have admitted their guilt in a connected federal civil rights case. Prosecutors say that some of the officers nicknamed themselves the Goon Squad because of their tendency to use excessive force. The state charges include home invasion, aggravated assault, conspiracy to hinder prosecution, and obstruction of justice. An Associated Press investigation linked some of the officers to at least four violent encounters with black men since 2019. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West out of Salt Lake City in Utah, where the man, of course, accused of making violent threats against the president before a Western states trip last week, pointed a handgun at FBI agents that were attempting to arrest him, the agency said yesterday. Craig Robertson, a 75-year-old Air Force veteran, was killed during a raid on his home in Provo last Wednesday, just hours before the president arrived in Salt Lake City. 
The FBI said in a statement that Robertson had resisted arrest and pointed a 357 revolver at agents who had come to his home to arrest him. The FBI did not respond to the questions about whether Robertson actually shot at the agents. Down in the heart of Texas, out of Austin, a federal judge has now sentenced a woman to 30 years in prison for helping to dispose of the body of a U.S. soldier. Cecily Aguilar is the only suspect arrested in the death of Vanessa Guillen, who was killed, of course, at Fort Cavazos near Killeen, Texas. The 2020 killing led to changes in how women in the military can report sexual abuse. Aguilar pleaded guilty in November to one count of accessory to murder after the fact and three counts of making a false statement. Federal and state officials say that Aguilar aided her 20-year-old boyfriend, Army SPC Aaron Roberts Robinson, in dismembering and disposing of Guillen's body near the base. And finally, uh, we all know that the tensions between public officials and the press, they are very hardly unusual. To a large extent, it's baked into their respective roles. What's rare in a democratic society, though, is a police raid on a news organization's office or the home of its owner. So when that happened late last week, of course, it attracted the national attention that the town of Marion, Kansas, is hardly used to. The Marion PD, of course, they took computers and cell phones from the office of the Marion County Record newspaper back on Friday, and also entered the home of the weekly paper's publisher and editor. The action drew the attention, of course, of some of the nation's largest media organizations. Gonna let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Tuesday, August the 15th, 2023. That is the update on this Tuesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. Our best of a year two show. It drops this Saturday, wherever, of course, you listen to this podcast. Year two, of course, a lot of fun. You're gonna have a lot of memories with that. So until everybody catches the next Pokemon, because, you know, you got to catch them all. First <laughs> of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. Looking back on 2016, I believe, because uh, that was the first year that I looked back as an alumni. Well, coming back after graduation. Or maybe we'll make the jump to 2018 after some time away. I make a return, but not in Harlem as a region, as a member of the, uh, the Brooklyn region. We'll probably talk about either one of those two. And a lot more, too, we'll talk about tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk about as well, I should say, when I see all of you right back here tomorrow for Hump Day. See you then.